Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Matt Infante, joined as always by Adam H. Beasley. Um, on last week's pod, we spent a lot of time on the decision the Dolphins face around Tua Tungavailoa's contract. Didn't spend much time on the team's other unrestricted free agents and all the decisions that Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel face this offseason. We will do that today, but first, Adam, how did you enjoy watching what is the best weekend of football of the year? With the, the four best teams in each conference facing off for two and a half decades, it hasn't involved the Dolphins. It didn't again. But how did you enjoy the weekend? Uh, it was great. Football was fantastic. Um, you know, certainly I wish the Ravens game was a little bit more competitive in the second half. Uh, but the drama of uh, Niners Packers couldn't beat that with a stick. I mean, you just had I was watching it and I was out with dinner for a while and then I, I came back listening to music. So I just basically had the sound off and just, you know, was just taking in the ambiance. And it's what football is supposed to look like. Right. I mean, Packers, Niners, those like those iconic logos, those jerseys, the, the teams that you have been watching year after year after year for my entire life now uh, was fantastic. Um, you know, Ravens Texans was wisely relegated to the hinterlands of 430 Saturday because it was the worst of the three games, four games. That is um, the, the Houston Texans standard. We made the playoffs. We get 430 on Saturday. That, yeah, that's 100%. kind of their standard time slot. 100 uh, percent. And then Saturday, Sunday was great with, uh, with the Lions, you know, exercising like six, seven de- decades of demons, um, which will, you know, might be the Dolphins. Not so not so long from now uh, getting the six or seven decades of demons. Uh, and then the late game was the the crown jewel. I think what over 50 million people tuned in on the various CBS platforms. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes going to a six straight conference championship game. Josh Allen having his heart broken yet again. Taylor Swift going nuts. Jason Kelsey going topless into the stands. I mean, it was everything you wanted in a football game. You got uh, on that on, in that final game of the floor. It was it was really good. It was great entertainment. And the NFL was king. Yeah, you got everything you wanted, including Bill's wide right, which um, I'm old enough to remember that. That's one of the earliest Super Bowl memories I have of, of watching that Giants-Bills game. Um, the the line, I wanted to ask you, the Lions game. Maybe I'm being petty. I am being petty. I'm being 100%. I'm 100% jealous. I was not rooting for the Lions. I wasn't. You were, so you I said were that rooting me. for so, the So my what? wife and my son were rooting for the Lions, and I said, no, I, I, I can't do it. And she's my wife said, stop being petty. Right. I was. I'm jealous. But I said to her, when is our moment? Because we've been waiting. I get it. Not as long as the Lions, but also we've been closer and teased a bit more than the Lions fans have been. And and I'm just jealous because I'm I'm waiting for my moment and seeing all the Lions fans celebrate. It was great to see, but it also kind of, you know, stung a little bit. Yeah. Also, when you get that moment, there'll be ten to fifteen thousand fans of the opposing team in the stadium because that's what South Florida does, as opposed to Detroit, which was I. You know, you read in their coverage, or the, it didn't sound like there was a single Buccaneers fan in the entire stadium. Not a single person sold their tickets to to Bucks fans, or if at all. Um, well, no one from Tampa is voluntarily going to Detroit in January. It's a little different when you're coming from. The Northeast to South Florida, you're a bit more willing to to do that. Or or Florida fan bases stink. I mean, they're right. both can be true. Both can yeah, be true. both could absolutely be true. Uh, but to your broader point, yeah, I mean, that was are the Dolphins really the lovable losers the Lions were, though? I mean, that's the thing is that 
the Lions were just horrendous. I mean, they, they, this is a team that went from 0-16 to the conference championship game in I don't know how many years, but it wasn't that many. Um, Dolphins haven't had that ever. Like, they've never had a winless season. And they're one. They sure came close. Thank, Thank you, Greg Camarillo. Greg Camarillo. I mean. Yeah. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I just don't think that there's the same. Like, the Browns, the Lions, these – these, these, these franchises never have been – I mean, it's not going back to Jim Brown days, have never had the level of success the Dolphins had. Granted, the 70s and 80s were a long time ago, but even the early 90s, they went to a conference championship game. So I think it's different. I, I was think nine. People, I was nine. I don't care. I was nine years old. I'm 40 now. I'm waiting I also, I also don't think people particularly like South Florida. I mean, they love to visit here, and some love to move and die here. That's kind of what the life cycle is. But when you're our age – you don't like we we had the big three down here, right? We had LeBron. That certainly rubbed people the wrong way. We had the 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 the, the Rena championships with the Marlins, right? Like like total just load up, no you know, AstroTurf fan base, and the next year it was completely forgotten about. I think they're kind of building something with the Panthers um down here, but we're never going to be a hockey town. Uh so maybe, yeah. Like I, I could see some people someday people looking into the Panthers like that, like, hey, they're a fun team to root for. A lot, of, a lot of great players, but I don't know if the Dolphins are ever going to be that. So when you have that moment, it's not going to be a, the nation collectively celebrating you like it would be if the Browns ever won the championship and it would be if the Lions ever won the championship. Like that, that would be a great moment. I think if the Dolphins get to that level, it'll just be Dolphins fans that are happy, which is fine, which is perfectly fine. Um, but I, I, I think the perception of that team is totally different than ones in Lions and Browns are generational fans, right? There, you, you, you talk about, I, I used to go to the, the game with my dad. He used to go to the game with his dad. And, you know, you, you, you pass that legacy down the line. There, there really is little legacy in South Florida. I mean, the, the number of native born South Floridians, is, you could probably count on two hands in some parts of this, of this area. Um, so I, I do think it's different, but yes, it, it would be nice for the Dolphins fans who have been long suffering. And it's not like they're, you know, they, they've had a better go of it than the Lions fans or Browns had. I mean, let's talk about this for a second. Is Are the Dolphins the worst franchise of the 21st century? And I think you can make yes. the argument at this point. They haven't won a playoff game in the 21st century. They, I think they're they the they only did. team not they, to do they that. Did, they yes. did in early 2001. That was their only no, one. No, no, no. That last win was December 30th or 31st, 2000. It had not flipped yet. Oh, it had not they flipped. Did not yet, have huh? a win in the 21st century. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Then they slammed so, on yeah. the worst team in the 21st, which is crazy to say, because again, they're not the same as the Browns, right? They're not the same as the Lions. They're not. They're they've been competitive every year, aside from a handful, right? How how many times have you gone into December knowing the Browns and Lions have zero chance to make the playoffs? Dolphins every year they're in it. They find a way to, to to break your hearts every year, but every year they're in it. So I think that's the difference. But but now collectively, given the fact that the Browns have more playoff wins this century than the Dolphins do, the Lions have reached the conference championship game now. Um, and even like one-off teams, like the fluky teams like the Falcons and the Jaguars and these teams that don't have sustained success, you can point to, hey, Blake Bortles got the Jaguars to the conference championship game, okay? You know, 
what was it, 28 to 3 for the, the Falcons in the Super Bowl. They have had their moments. The Arizona Cardinals probably should have won that Super Bowl yep. against the Steelers. Which is astounding to me that I know, you know, Steve Ross talked about sustainability. We're going to get into this in the podcast. What they build is not sustainable, by the way. There's no sustaining what they have right now. So it's 2024 and maybe, maybe 2025 or bust. That's. It, how have the Dolphins not had, with all the resources they put into it, lucked their way into a conference championship game once, if all these other franchises has? It's 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 truly astounding to me. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, some some will point to the curse, right? The, the Indian burial <laughs> ground curse. And, yep. and that's yep. if they haven't reached one since that moment. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's it's been painful. Painful. Painful while. I think also to your point about, you know, the lovable loser thing, the fact that the Dolphins celebrate the undefeated season every time that will, that irks, you know, everyone nationally. Um, it, it irks me too. We'll save that for another podcast. Um, but well, I can't wait to do 30 minutes on you dunking on Mercury Morris. I'll, uh, I'll look forward no, to that. No, 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 no. It's more about the fans that celebrated who weren't alive to see it. I, I'm of the belief that if you didn't see the actual – championship you can't claim it so all the yankee fans that claim 26 world series no you, you didn't see the 20s and 30s and 40s wow and okay so so if you're a yankees fan you can't celebrate babe ruth is that what you're saying no you can celebrate it but it's just odd when you get in i've seen red sox yankee fans go back and forth or whatever and yeah you know what the red sox have had more success recently right they've had four world series since 2000 the yankees had none really the 2000 was the last one. Oh no 2009 they they, they won one but then they claim, oh, well, we won 26 in these arguments. And like, no, you can't claim that. You weren't alive to see it. So I'm not sitting here celebrating the Dolphins going undefeated. It's very cool. I, I don't care. I would yeah, trade that for a Super Bowl win right now. I mean, I don't. Yeah, as, as someone who's employed and who's, uh, you know, success professionally depends on the Dolphins being relevant. I'm with you on that one. Uh, yeah, right. No, but it's just, right. Isn't it odd that, like, I, I've seen and I'm involved in a Twitter back and forth right now about the Bills and Dolphins and there's back and forth and Dolphin fans dunking on the Bills saying you haven't won a Super Bowl, but you know, you're, you're 20 something years old. You know, you haven't seen the Dolphins win a Super Bowl. Don't you, you can't hold that against the Bills and try to claim, Oh, we have two Super Bowl wins. If you weren't alive to actually see them win. (laughs) Oh, I I think, I think all fair is all's fair in love and rivalries, man. I I think if, if you're looking for any way to tweak someone and let's be honest, like we talked about this, the Bills are the Dolphins daddy. Like it's been, you know, how many, how many coaches have been fired because they can't beat the Buffalo Bills. And this goes, this well predates Josh Allen, like well predates. If, if Joe Philbin had beaten the Buffalo Bills when the Bills were bad, who knows how much longer he'd have been the head coach. Yep. Same with Adam Gase. You know, you can even predate that. I don't know what Sperano's record against the bills was, but certainly in the, you know, the, since 2012, when I started covering this team on a full-time basis, it's not the Patriots that have been in the Dolphins' way. It has. Right. It's, 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 I mean, certainly the Patriots winning 12 games every year has hurt them because it's made it harder to win the division. Got, you know, I got that. But in terms of someone who's directly impacted your ability to make the postseason, there's no one who's destroyed more seasons than the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Yep. No, 100%. And, and that's why I feel it's weird when, when Dolphin fans were, were, were dunking on, on the Bills after 
after their uh, missed field goal loss there to the Chiefs. And oh, it come just, on. You, you celebrated that Tyler Bass miss. True or false? You celebrated that, that miss. True. True. So I, I was happy. I was, again, it's another one. My son was rooting for the Bills. And, you know, he just got his off logos and things at this point. Um, I was rooting well, for the you Chiefs. Might have, you might have to talk to a family therapist about this. If your own son is rooting for the Buffalo Bills. No, no, no. He, he has a ranking of favorite teams. Dolphins are one. Cowboys okay. are two. Bills are three. He doesn't get divisions yet. Okay. So just let him, he's, he's, he's seven years old. I'll, I'll let him have it. So but it's, it's not like in week 18, he was rooting for the Bills. No, he was rooting for the Dolphins in that game. Okay. Because good. Dolphins are one and Bills are three in his head. That, that okay. was his ranking. Okay. So no, I, I celebrated it and then I moved on. What I didn't do was go on to Twitter and then start dunking on Bills fans. That, that was a weird look. And I, I mentioned to Adam, the tweet I put out, that's gotten a lot of views. Um, all the comments are negative, you know, some telling me I should go crawl in a hole and die. Um, and some calling me a Bills fan, which is funny. Oh, you're just a Bills fan and you know, in disguise. Yeah, no, I'm not. That but makes no sense. The point, the, the point of the whole tweet, and I want to get your thoughts on this, right? It, it said simply, Dolphin fans celebrating the Bills loss while not recognizing the large gap that still exists between these two teams is a special kind of fandom. Now we can talk about, is there a large gap still? Um, and maybe that's where you want to go, but I would just point out the bills were five and one against playoff teams this year. Dolphins are one and five. And I'm not even talking about the head to head there. Just five bills are five and one against the playoff teams. Dolphins are one and five. That's a big gap. When you look at the five games they've played since Mike McDaniel was here, the bills are outgaining the dolphins by 147 yards per game head to head. It's it's insane. And then in 2022, they had a negative four point differential in the three games head to head. 2023, negative 35. So to me, that seems like the gap actually grew. I had Dolphin fans saying, oh, the gap was really seven points and it was a punt return for a touchdown. Are we forgetting that Josh Allen threw two end zone interceptions? And I get that, that they well, have that's, 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 okay, that's what you're getting with no, Josh Allen. The, the okay. Bills outgained the Dolphins by 200 yards in that game. They were not close. They lucked into a couple interceptions that kept them in the game. Don't you know that's what the Bills are? That's part of their identity. They, it is. They, they lost to the Chiefs despite having – they ran like three times as many plays midway through the third quarter as the Chiefs did, uh, and yet they did boneheaded things to lose the game. That's who the Bills are. Okay, so yes, if you want to go yards per play and EPA, well, although if you look at EPA, those teams are pretty no, tight. No, EPA, they're actually pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it, it, okay, yes. Certainly, if they didn't have a quarterback that lost his mind at key moments of the game uh, and a head coach that, <laughs> despite his uh, sympathies for people who are, have well-planned attacks, um, you know, he is not really <laughs> – well thought out in the key moments of the game uh, and, and gets out coached time in and time, time out. Uh, yeah. Okay. All those things are great, but does it get you wins? Right. And that's the thing is that people were dunking on the dolphins during the Flores area era. Oh, they're really not that good. They just win the turnover margin. If you're consistently winning the turnover margin, you're a good team. I don't care if you're getting out game by 150 yards. That's that that's a hallmark of a good team. So, yes, do I think the Bills are better than the Dolphins this year? Of course. They, they swept them in the head-to-head, and they beat them in their own house with the season on the line, for sure. I also remember that the Bills, I think, had five losses against terrible teams this year. 
terrible teams. Do you just yeah. discount those? Like those just don't matter? No, of course they matter. It all matters. So yes, do if if I was taking one game, Josh Allen versus Tua Tungavailoa, the Bills versus the Dolphins, I would take the Bills because we have a long, long, long history of the Bills destroying the Dolphins' soul in those moments. No, but okay, but I, also isn't Josh Allen okay. All right, here we go. go. Isn't Josh Allen exponentially better than Tua is? Exponentially better? No. I think he is he is his ceiling is, of course, the Empire State Building compared to Tua, right? It's but that's not all there is to being a quarterback, man. There is that, that's not that's not all there is. Um Tua fell apart late in the season with his turnovers. That, you know, he for him to be successful, timing, accuracy, not doing stupid things. Call it a game manager if you want. I don't think that's fair because he did have a lot of deep throws that had a lot of success this past season. But that's just what his game is. And the games they've had the most success, um, he hasn't done the stupid things. Uh, Josh Allen always does the stupid things, right? Always. He, they should have lost the game earlier in the possession when he was carrying the ball like a loaf of bread and fumbled it and only had a you know lucky teammate fall on top of it. So, yeah, people are crushing him for the Stephon Diggs miss. Um, coming across the middle, almost at second and nine inside the 30. Yeah, second um, and nine, he went for the end zone instead of just taking that check down that it doesn't get you to first down, but maybe get to third and three, right? Yeah, oh he, he's he's lucky. He's lucky that it even got to that point because the game should have been over long before then. So, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I, I get the, the Bills are a sexy team. They're a flashy team. They're also a team that you can – Check off the list. They're going to lose in the divisional round or at best the conference championship every single year because they have a knucklehead quarterback that does knucklehead things. Hmm. Okay. I, I mean, I can't argue that. I, I just think the, the gap between the two teams right now this year was surprisingly large compared to where I thought it was entering the season and what we saw in 2022. Um but that's not to say the gap won't close in the offseason. So I, I think um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on, on the Bills, but just they have they're, – they're in worse cap shape than, than yes. the Dolphins are. So all of the Dolphins' faults, you know, all the, the, the cap problems that they're going to have this offseason, if they're real problems, we, we're going to talk about that. The Bills are worse. They are just as much under the you know, over the cap and have uh, less easy answers to get themselves under the cap. Yeah, I I, I, I I ran the numbers. Uh, not hard to do. Spotrack does most of the work for you, uh, and I shared it with you. The <laughs> the bills are even more over the cap than the Dolphins are. The the the, the, the by, by a million dollars maybe over the cap more than the Dolphins are. Both are forty plus, which isn't great. The Dolphins are far more manageable because the Dolphins players that they're going to restructure are still good players, and that's the biggest problem the Bills have. The Bills right now, Steph Diggs who. I don't know if you would guarantee $10 million to that guy, let alone what he's got still on the books, has a $27.8 million cap figure. Von Miller has a $23.8 million cap figure. Those two guys is, were ghosts in the AFC Championship. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is, is is Diggs tradable or he's not because of the cap hit if they trade him? is? Well, I mean, they could, they, they, they could be creative with it. They could eat some money. They, you know, there are ways around making it palatable for all sides. Um I think they could trade him, but what would what team's going to take that on, right? Like what, you know, I mean, cancer is a word people use, in, you know, lock cancer, all that. 
I'm not going to say that about Diggs because I've never been in that locker room, but from the outside, it looks brutal, right? He forces his way out of Minnesota. Looks like he wants to force his way out of Buffalo now. And if you can't coexist coexist with Josh Allen, who wants to feed you the ball and can throw the deep ball as well as anybody in football, like you're, who are you going to coexist with? So it's probably a you problem, Steph Diggs. It's not an everybody else problem. Uh, and then Von Miller, holy mackerel. I mean, his <laughs> it's bad. So like they, they could June one them and free up some space, but that's not going to help them get the $43 million in cap relief they need just to be NFL compliant on March 13th when the league calendar turns over. Right. So they could move those guys on and use that money to sign their draft picks. And maybe, you know, some of these street free agents that'll be around in the summer, that'll help a little bit with that. But in the meantime, uh, they have an aging roster. They, they have the oldest roster in the national football league uh, next year. And they've, They've accounted for $47 million. So, okay, so over $100 million of their cap is Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, and Von Miller, okay? Josh Allen's the only one of those three I want on my team, certainly beyond 2024 and maybe even in 2024. Um, And they have the 28th pick in the draft, and I think they have – uh, I, I haven't looked it up, but they don't, it's not like they're flush with draft picks either. They're like the dolphins are pretty much backloaded with most of their picks on day three. So there's not an easy, quick way for them to get better. In fact, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go out on the limb and say this. If the dolphins don't win the division in 2024, I don't know when they can, right? We have Aaron Rodgers coming back. Who knows what that team's going to be like? The, the, the Patriots are going to start at ground zero. They're, it's a complete rebuild, what they're going through right now. They're going to be, at best, a four- or five-win team in 2024. It's going to be the Dolphins and the Bills again. And as much as the Dolphins have some cap issues, we're going to go through that, and some free agents they have to decide on, and some hard decisions on some veteran players, their roster will be better than the Bills in 2024. It will be. It absolutely will be. And so if you can't and let's not forget about this. The Bills now inherited the hardest schedule in the AFC East because they won the division. Um, they're going to have to play the Lions. They're going to have to play the Chiefs. They're going to have to play the Ravens. The Dolphins, meanwhile, get the second hardest. And although a trip to you know Lambeau is not going to be a you know, picnic, that's a, going to be a pretty good team in 2024. You know, it's, it's not the same as playing a bunch of division champions. So, uh Infante, 2024 is it. Like, honestly, and I know uh, Perk at the Sun Sentinel got some got some hell for talking about a hot seat for Mike McDaniel. I'm not willing to say that. But the expectations for this team this year cannot be any higher because the environment that they're entering has never been more favorable. Yeah, um, certainly. And just to, real quick, the Bills, they don't have much draft capital. They have, you know, a one, a two, a three. They have three sixth round picks and, and, two, and two fifths. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's wonderful. It's not really going to help much. Um, no, th- th- this year th- we said it a while ago that 2023 and then 2024 was kind of the window. It felt like for, mm-hmm. for, for this, this group as it's currently constructed in Miami. Um, and, and I know, I, I think you, you would agree that that's the window maybe another year, 2025 before, things really get ugly cap wise and, and, and age too. I mean, Tyreek Hill would be what 32. So mm-hmm. eventually uh, even a cheetah has to slow down at some point, I would think. Um, I don't know. Or maybe he's superhuman. I, I don't know, but <laughs> they have a lot of cap, not a lot of cap issues. They have decisions they have to make. They have guys that we know have to be cut. I mean, Emmanuel Ogba is probably right on, on his, 
on his way out. They'll have to make decisions about Xavier Howard, right, and, and what they're going to do there. But the list of guys they have who are unsigned, um, it's, it's, a, it's an impressive list. It, it speaks to their ability to, to, to build a roster and then maximize their value. But now they have to figure out a way to pay them. They, re, you know, re-signed Austin Jackson because he was going to be a free agent as well. They got him done during the season. But, uh, Adam, I mean, Connor Williams, Christian, Christian Wilkins, Andrew Van Ginkle, Isaiah Wynn, Robert Hunt, Deshaun Elliott, just to name some. I, I mean, Kendall Lamb is another one. You have to think, depending on what happens to Terrence Armstead, Kendall Lamb filled in pretty well. Uh, where does he, where's he going to fit in? So how do you prioritize these guys? What would you do? Um, they have some big decisions coming up. Here's something I would do, and it's not going to make Dolphins fans happy. I would trade either Christian Wilkins or Jalen Waddle. I would trade one of those two players. And I know Wilkins is a free agent. You can tag and trade, right? There are ways that you can still not let an asset like that walk out the door. I don't think you can pay them both. And so the question is, which one of those two do you want to have long-term? I know Waddle still has two years on his deal, but as I wrote last week, the whole Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill experiment didn't really work this past year. Indi- individually, those guys are elite talents. They're fantastic. Certainly, you know, Waddle's a top 20 receiver, and, and Tyreek Hill is going to win Offensive Player of the Year. But when you ran the, ran the numbers and you saw two of them on the field at the same time, they didn't really coexist particularly well. And one, you know, one thought might be, well, there's too much duplication of skill set. The Dolphins – would the Dolphins be a better offense with instead of Joe and Waddle, a B wide receiver and a Kyle Pitts type tight end or, you know, what they have and maybe get a slight upgrade over uh, Durham Smythe, which way would the offense be, be better? Certainly they'd be better in the red zone and red zone was a concern if they had someone in the red zone that was a big body target. So um, I don't think you can keep all of them. I think Christian Wilkins is a huge, huge concern for the Dolphins fans. I think it's more likely than not he is not on the team this coming year. Uh, I think the Dolphins took their swing in the summer um, trying to get a deal done then. Um, Their cap situation's got no better. And while they denied it at the time, kind of feels like Zach Steeler took his money. Right? If you're, It's really hard to pay top dollar to two defensive tackles. Really challenging to do. Um, And so if you can get – Say you tag Wilkins, you can get a second or a third round pick for him in a trade. I think that they would be open to doing that. Um, Waddle is a fascinating one to me. Uh, again, two years left in the deal, but not pleased with his role uh, this past season. Is uh, Unless he has a conversation with uh, Mike McDaniel in the coming weeks, McDaniel's like, hey, I screwed up. We made this offense all about Tyreek, and it has to be more balanced. Here's the way we're going to do it. I don't know how things are going to change, right? I think as long as Tua wants to throw to Tyreek, Tua is going to throw to Tyreek. And and I don't know how much they can design it differently uh, to spread that around. I think a power running game with a tight end and a deep threat and a solid, you know, number two wide receiver might be a more balanced offense. But then again, you mentioned Tyreek's age. He's, he's going to be a little long in the tooth not too long from now. Uh, who would you rather have in two years? Of course, the answer is Jalen Waddle than Tyreek Hill. They're not. They're. I cannot see a scenario in which they can pay all those guys. It just does not make sense. The numbers do not add up. Uh, and so, getting back to my previous point, who would you rather have, Wilkins or Waddle? They're going to probably have to choose between one of them. 
That's that that that's a interesting scenario. I mean, where do you go then for the number two? Do you go in the free agency and you get one of those second tier guys? Like you're not going to trade Waddle and then go sign T Higgins or something like that. Someone like that would be a great fit, but you're not going to do that. But is like a Tyler Boyd, like that level of receiver. Is that what you're targeting then? Because you can't go in. I mean, Cedric Wilson's going to be gone. Uh, who's your second option now in the pass game? Right. You're, that's, that has to be part of the plan. Um, the draft is real. I mean, like we haven't talked about the draft. It doesn't have to be free agency. Um, there's so, a lot of receivers in the draft. There's a lot of first-round grader receivers. Um, yeah. I know our own Ian Cummings is very high in this receiver class. Um, I Someone had asked him in our internal Slack channel about all these mock drafts we're seeing from others as well that have a ridiculously high number of receivers in the first round. Is that realistic? You know, is, is the class really that good? And he's like, yeah, it is. So there's certainly an option at 21. There'll be potentially an instant impact receiver there for you. But and and if you trade Jalen Water, you're not doing it if it's not a big asset in return, right? If you're trading Jalen Waddle, it's for at the very least a first round draft pick or a star player. Like that, that is the floor. He's 24 years old. I don't know what he is, something like that. 24. Yes. He's entering just his fourth year in the league. If you can't get a long term extension done with him, you have his control this year. You have his control next year, and most likely the year after another franchise tag. So you're getting three years of Jalen Waddle control for what? I don't know what would the number be total. Maybe, maybe forty-five million dollars, forty something like uh, somewhere in that range. Probably even less. That's a lot less than you're going to get Jalen Waddle on the open market for. So uh, I think that there would be value um, for other teams that want to trade for him. And the Dolphins. And don't take this to mean the Dolphins should just give away Christian Wilkins. The Dolphins should just give away Jalen Waddle. No, you need to do these, these. Need to be cornerstone moves for your franchise that improve you in substantial ways okay but it, I guarantee you these are conversations that they're having they're having right now they are going through every single player on the roster saying is this a guy that's going to help us win 2024 and beyond and if if they if they wonder their ability to to re-sign Jalen Waddle if you you know you're, you're wondering hey this guy wasn't thrilled with his role this year he gets banged up a lot is this a guy that we want to give a big contract to Maybe this is the time to move him. His value has never been higher than it's going to be right now because you get you wait to next year, then he's going into his fifth year option, and it's a lot more challenging to get value out of that than there. But yes, I completely agree that the draft is an option, free agency is an option, all these things are options. But all of a sudden, I mean, it's crazy because these are two cornerstone players. But if you trade both Wilkins and Waddle, you have a ton of draft capital, a ton of draft capital. You take care of a lot of your cap issues, which are very real. You build for the future, and you know Chris Greer's been pretty good in the first round of the draft. Like we can quibble certainly with the second round picks; those have not been great. But in the first round of the draft, he's been fantastic over the last five six years. Except I, for I mean, everyone has misses, and, and there's one notable one. He, but no, he's a cornerback, and the Dolphins. Okay, he was the thirtieth. He was the thirtieth pick, and Brian. Well, they Ford, traded so. back though. Wasn't then they initially have twenty six. It, it was the Packers that moved up to draft Jordan Love, I believe. Actually, right? They I, I don't know. Him. I don't know how much that was the head coach also saying draft this guy. Yeah, we we don't know that. So, right. okay. um, but but yeah. let me ask you. I wanted to. You talked about the Waddle. How does trading Waddle allow you to keep Wilkins, for example? Because Waddle, you're only saving about four point three million or so dollars if you trade Waddle. So well, you're not, really you're, you're, not, you're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not just looking at 2024. Well, no, right, right. But, but, but it doesn't necessarily solve this year's cap problems. 
Um, well, sure. There are other ways to solve this year's draft. But, but you're also the, – the, the reason the Dolphins are having cap issues right now is because they traded right away all their first-round draft picks for big-number players. Maybe yeah. the inverse will help a little bit. I mean, that's the point is that, like, you, you Bradley Chubb and Tyreek Hill and, I mean, Jalen Ramsey to an extent, although his contract isn't that terrible, um, are all reasons the Dolphins are in cap jail right now. Um, a smart, sustainable way to do that would be to get a lot of good young players on cheap deals. Yep. And they're, you know, you, you can look at all, all these numbers are fungible and people who say the cap isn't real are dumb, but they're, they've got a point like 2024 cap is not real because there's carryover money and you can, there's accounting tricks you can make. I'm telling you, this is our CFO. Like it's a big surprise to you, but there are ways to make, to pay for tomorrow today and vice versa. And, and so Eventually yes. the bill comes due. No matter what, sure. eventually it comes sure. in future years. And if you and if you give a big contract to Jalen Ramsey, I'm sorry to Jalen Waddle. There's too many Jalen's. I get we haven't gotten Jalen. We haven't gotten Jalen Phillips yet. And 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 if he hadn't have uh, torn his Achilles, he'd be wanting a new deal now as well. So um, the point I'm making is this: is that at some point the cash is what matters, right? How much you're actually mm-hmm. spending. And at Dolphins 2023, spent a ton of money a ton of money. They're not going to be able to do that again in 2024 without really, really hurting themselves down the line. So if, if you're able to defer some of those costs and get out of contracts and get out of situation, situations, the word, not contracts, because the lot of contract isn't onerous as it stands now, but the situation is something that they have to plan for down the road. If you can get three years back on a younger receiver and have someone and have that be somebody else's problem, figure out a way to pay him, that might be a benefit to your franchise. I'm not taking anything away from Waddle as a player. As I said, he is a top 20 receiver. He would be a number one receiver on more than half the league, right? Yep. Yep. You can't pay everybody. You can't keep everybody. And if you think Wilkins is in the long term going to make you a better team than Waddle and you can get value for him, that's the conversation you got to have. Okay, so talked about Wilkins and Waddle. What do you do about the other? Connor Williams, Isaiah Wynn, Robert Hunt. All three were important pieces to the offensive line. And you have a left tackle that may be retiring, may not be. But even if he comes back, he just, I mean, his body breaks down. It's failing him. So he'll miss sometimes. You'll need a backup left tackle as well. And Kendall Lamb's a free agent. How do you handle this situation? First thing I do is I go to Tron Armstead and say, how much do you want to be part of the Miami Dolphins? And this is a place you want to be and win a championship with. You got to take a haircut. Because the contract we gave you has given you a lot of guaranteed money and not a lot of snaps. Okay. And yes, you, we will take a cap hit. If we, if we cut you, there are ways financially we can fix that. We can post June one, you, we can save some money here. We can save some money there, but we're not going to pay you what you, your contract says you're going to be paid this year. It's just because you have not, I know you've made the pro bowl the last two years. I know you're great leader he's a fantastic human being but in terms of value for the contract that's been a bad contract for us it has and we're gonna do whatever we can to fix it and if he says no okay then you know you got to go find a tackle the good news is this is a very deep tackle class and even if you don't get one in the first round you can get one in the second like wide receiver and tackles pretty good for the dolphins because there are a lot of those dudes uh, so you, you, you can figure out a way and then you bring Kendall Lamb back to be your bridge to the, to the young guy gets up to speed. That's your plan. 
I, I personally advocated for them to, to re-sign Kendall Lamb months and months and months ago to do kind of what they did with Allison Jackson on a much smaller scale, obviously, to make sure that you're not in the situation where you don't know who your left tackle is going to be. Mm-hmm. I would do that. Then I would talk to Connor Williams. And Connor hates our guts right now. You know why Connor hates our guts? Because he held out in the spring to avoid this very situation, right? He, he sensed that he was underpaid, probably right, because the offense wasn't the same without him. He sensed that he was underpaid, and he knew he was going into contract year, and he knew if he got hurt, his value and his, his, his marketability would be far less once free agency hit. So I see what can be done with him. I talk to Drew Rosenhaus and say, hey, we would love to have Connor back. Maybe we do something with some incentives, right? And easily reachable incentives that would defer the, the, the pain of 2024 to 2025 cap-wise and still show him that, you know, we value him and we're going to help him get through this rehab. That's th- That would be what I would do number two. I, I think of the entire group, unfortunately, the least likely returns Robert Hunt because he's in line to make the most. Like he is a clean, very rarely injured. I know he obviously had the hamstring this year, but that was the first games he missed in his entire career. Everybody has soft tissue at some point. Um, high level right guard entering the prime of his career, second contract. Uh, he's going to be a challenge to keep uh, unless he's willing to work with you as some sort of hometown discount. But why would he? Like, it's not even like he had a first round contract that he's already benefited from. He was a no, he, he, should, he should get what he can now. That, that I mean, yeah. that's yeah. What he, so I, I would say you talk to win and then you draft guys, right? You, 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 you use a draft pick on, as I said, a tackle in the first round that can have some flexibility that can help you in a lot of different ways. You go into free agency to see what's out there. Um, but I don't think that's a terrible offensive line, right? I think that if you have, you know, a first round pick or Kendall Lamb back, Connor Williams, healthy, um, and, and Isaiah wins, see if you can get him on a, for a song like you did this past year as well. It's not awful there. I mean, you're, you're not going to have, the Dolphins are not going to walk into 2024 with a top five offensive line. It's just not in the cards because of where they are financially, what their draft picks are and all that. But I think that's the makings of a pretty solid offensive line. If you can make all that work, particularly if you can get Armstead to take a haircut, um, and, and, and help you in a lot of different ways. If you have seven or eight guys, again, that you can depend on you can get through the season. Okay. So receiver, we have Tyree kill. We talked about Waddle. Cedric Wilson is entering a void year. So, I mean, he'll be gone. Braxton Berrios is a free agent. Chase Claypool is a free agent. Um, Robbie chosen. I mean, they have to pretty much rebuild. They have Tyree kill and Waddle. We still, yeah, they don't trade him and that's it. Um, Are you bringing back any of those? Those receivers? I I think, I think Berrios I think Barrios was solid as a returner. Like yeah. he was, he wasn't dynamic, but he also never ever hurt you, right? Um, you figure out why he couldn't give you more on offense. Like that was surprising to me. The fact that he couldn't give them more from the slot—is um, that a him failure? Is that a McDaniel failure? Is that a Tua failure? Is it all of the above? I don't know. But you, yeah, to your point, you can't count him to be your number three. Yeah. You, you bring him back as your number four and your returner—that's fine. Uh, I think you need to add a receiver in free agency and the draft if they trade Waddle. I think those are two two priority spots for them. Or, I mean, there's I have to go and look at the available tight ends. You, you maybe actually think three three dimensionally and don't just say, "Hey, wide receivers the only place we need to upgrade." Maybe 
We yeah. play more two tight end sets and we get a real pass catching tight end, which I think would help too in a lot of ways. I, I, I can't get my brain around this. People are like, oh, why would you want a big body receiver? Tua never threw to him. Do you know how many, you know how great Mike Kosicki was early yeah, on? I don't understand that, that, that argument. Yeah. Mike Kosicki, I mean, everyone thinks about how he was used or lack of use under McDaniel, but what about before that? Tua was throwing to him often. Yes, he, successfully. Yes, he was. So uh, he couldn't block, which is why he couldn't play for McDaniel uh, in in year one. Uh, But yes, if you had, there are only so many of these, obviously, but a a Kittle type tight end on the Dolphins, I guarantee you he would have 90 catches and 11 touchdowns. Okay. I guarantee you he'd be used a lot. So, you know, I I think they, I think they need to to find playmakers in the passing game not pigeonhole, pigeonhole. Well, we need number two wide receiver, or we need a slot guy, or we need a new speed guy if Waddle goes. No, get playmakers. Get guys that you know are dynamic and that can help you in specific ways. And how about some versatility? Like, how, how many of the receivers are truly versatile? I don't even think Tyreek is that versatile. What he does, he does at an exceedingly well, exceedingly high level. But how versatile is he? Jalen Waddle, how often do you see him in, a, in the slot? Or, you know, like – how versatile was he? Maybe, you know, look for guys that can do a bunch of different things for you and, 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 and not just use them in one way. So I think this is an enormously, enormously consequential offseason for Mike McDaniel. I mean, he's hasn't committed to, to, to call him plays in 2024. I think that was just him saying the right thing would surprise me if he handed off the play calling, maybe Frank Smith, but he and Frank Smith are such, of the same mind that it's not going to change things substantially. It wouldn't really matter. Is there a difference? Yeah, right. But uh, I think from a how things work standpoint, his offense was broken late in the year and certainly not having Mostert and Waddle late hurt, right? That was not a good thing, but they were all in that last game. You know, they, they, they were all around and they had one, you know, exceptional play from Tyreek. There were one exceptional play from Tyreek away from being shut out in the playoffs. Yep. Not great. I know. And then I saw the Bills do what they did to the Chiefs defense, but apparently the gap isn't that big. I digress. Okay. I will say this, okay? I wanted to die walking out of Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. It was the, the, the conditions there were not what the conditions were in Buffalo. It was right. completely different. Certainly the and, Chiefs and, didn't impact it. And you have a team that, you know, practices in 85 degree weather. Okay. Right. So that I is, mean, yes. Are you, are you asking me, do the Dolphins need to have home field advantage to make deep playoff runs? Yes. The answer is probably yes. Okay. So before we get out of here, one other position we, we didn't talk about was defensive backs because Deshaun Elliott is a free agent. Brandon Jones is a free agent. Xavier Howard might not be back. Um, Nick Needham's a free agent. Eli Apple is a free agent. Um, so really you have Jalen Ramsey, you have Cater Kohu, you have Javon Holland, and, and that's all you really have for sure on the roster next year. Wow. You've already written off Cam Smith. Yeah. I forgot he existed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the yes, Dolphins yeah, have not. Cam Smith. The, the, the it, Dolphins just, have not. It is surprising because his preseason before he got injured with that, what was it? A shoulder injury? Like he mm-hmm. was flashing out there. I know it's preseason, but when you see that from a rookie corner, you're like, oh, okay. He, he, he might, you know, be a contributor. And he just, I mean, Ethan, I guess I should mention Ethan Bonner because he actually looked like he belonged out there when mm-hmm. he was out there against the Chiefs. Um, 
So maybe he's involved. I, I don't know. I don't know a thing about him really, other than he's very fast. But what do you do for the defensive backfield now? Um, well, you 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 got to get something out of Cam Smith, right? You absolutely have to. Um, and if you move on from Xavier Howard, you got to address the position. Like you can't just be like, okay, Cam Smith, next man up. No, you need to also add either someone in the draft or free agency. Um, I'm of the opinion that you you limp along one more year with with X that you because he certainly he broke down physically as the year went on. But when he was healthy, he was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, may, maybe you figure out a way to get some cap relief. Uh, he made it very clear he's not going to take a pay cut. But to me, like those two corners were the strength and the pass rush were the strength of that defense. Like, I want to I want to see them run that back with X and Ramsey healthy for the whole season and see what it looks like. All right, and yeah. and, and and if his cap and if his cap figure wasn't twenty five million dollars, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? It's the entire reason that we're talking about this. So yeah, I mean, if if they're if they have confidence that Cam can be that guy, I mean, it's, obviously he's not going to be X, but if they can, he can be the guy they can count on to be a good number two corner, then maybe you move on from him, but. Like they have so many needs in Fonte. They have so many concerns. They have a pretty good set of cornerbacks under contract. I, you know, I would, I would do what I could to keep them together for, for one more year and then worry about that in 2025. And then do you bring back Elliot and Jones? I, Jones probably feels like if the Dolphins want him back, they can probably get him back at a reasonable number. Um, yeah. Elliot I mean, fit in really well, right? I, I think Elliot and Holland he, together worked well. Did he? The only thing that Elliot did very, very well was Noah's assignment, right? They, that, they, I mean, that's the bar, is yeah. it not? When you have Ramsey and X and Holland, you just want the other one not to mess up, in my opinion. That, that yeah. That's what I expect from, from the fourth starting defensive back there. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. So if you can get some – it'll be someone of that level. If Deshaun's the guy that you want to bring back, fine. I will say this. He wasn't great in coverage. You look at the advanced stats. I mean, I think the passer rating against was like 140 or something. So, gave up a lot of touchdowns after that. That's what that means. I mean, it's a long way of saying that, that yeah. if there were touchdowns thrown in the defensive backfield, it was usually on him or Cater. Um, would love for me, like, I would love Cater to be their number four corner. I would love Cam to be the guy that comes in on third down, goes to the boundary, and they move Ramsey inside. I think that's their best defense because. There's a reason Kohu was undrafted, and I know he flashed a little bit as a rookie. He was bad this past year, okay? So I don't think – if you go into the 2024 season with Cater Kohu as your plan, as your number three corner, I think it's a flawed plan. Yeah. And then Nick Needham, do you think he – I mean, it seems like a guy that if they want back, they bring him back. And then yeah. I mean, there's the – and- he's, he's pretty close to replacement level at this point, so – I mean, what was he, their number six corner, even when things were bad? So, yeah, but I mean, pre injury, he, he was a different guy. Okay. I, I think the expectations were a little higher for what he might develop into until the Achilles injury. The, the Achilles is a big time injury. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll see. Uh, but yes, I like on the, on, on the levels of things that, that worry me, defensive backfield's pretty low. Like, they're they're gonna like especially if they cut Jerome Baker. 
Well, I, I didn't yeah. even mention I was going to bring up Baker and then I was going to tease and say we'll talk about him next time because I know we're running long here. Yeah, but, let's um, let's talk about that next week. We got we got all we, we got through 48 minutes and we were, you wanted to do 30. Like uh, you're probably late for lunch because we went on so long. <laughs> um not late for lunch, but I do see our CEO is uh messaging me left and right. Oh. I told him I'm 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 potting. Can't can't be bothered. I didn't say that to him. Um okay. You should. I, I would have. Okay, next time. I, I, I will take the opportunity to, to take that shot at my boss. That That's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. What are you waiting for? We're on every podcast platform imaginable. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. And uh, well, we'll talk about Jerome Baker and many other things next week on the Miami Dolphins. No, on the pro football. What, Adam, you want to say something? Yeah. So they first look at the Super Bowl will be next week as well. We'll have our two That's Super right. Bowl teams. That's right. Do you want to get – what's your pick? Well, I'll tell you what I bet. Is that what you want? Okay. Uh, I bet Baltimore minus three and a half, and I bet Detroit plus seven. Okay. I I am – so I just did uh, Ravens and, and Niners. I'm, I'm chalk. They didn't necessarily you, like laying the points with the Niners, but I – yeah. Wow. I mean, you laid a touchdown with that offense? Like they, uh, they look like garbage last week. And if Debo doesn't play, whoo, baby, I don't love that bet. That's what everybody listen, I think like 80% of the public money is on the Lions. And when that yeah. happens, we, Something I think we both know what happens there. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll talk about it All next right. week on the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. Mm-hmm.